0: This is a special edition of Airlines Confidential with Ben Baldanza and Seth Kaplan, recorded live at the Boyd Group International Aviation Forecast Summit in Cincinnati. This program is made possible with the support of Hotel Connections, the global leader in crew logistics and accommodations, hotelconnections.com. Clear, a leader in touchless travel. Learn more at clearme.com slash airlines. And Seabury Capital Group, global reach, global scale. SeaburyCapital.com. Your business's support is welcome as well. Info at airlinesconfidential.com. Now, Ben Baldanza and Seth Kaplan.
1: He's the jerk who got on a flight to Cincinnati without me. He's Ben Baldanza, (laughs) former CEO of Spirit. Airlines, who now teaches about how airlines work.
2: Well, he flew from New York to Florida, connecting L.A. for frequent flyer miles, but wouldn't get his butt on a plane to come to Cincinnati. He's Seth Kaplan, NPR's <laughs> here now,
3: transportation analyst. We are doing very sick people. Very
1: <laughs> this very is, sick people. is this is Airlines <laughs> Confidential, the show where we share the secrets of airline of the airline world and talk about all the crazy things that happen in the airline industry. This week, we are live on stage in cincinnati well i'm in harrisburg coming to you through one of those apps that's killing the airline industry right or no, it's not exactly like that we'll get into that <laughs> we're we're joined this week by another person who's just as shy as ben is as you'll see mike boyd of boyd group international uh, presenter of the iafs the international aviation forecast summit hi mike
3: hello i don't know if i want to be here but i'll be here okay <laughs> So well you're, you're
1: stuck you, yeah you didn't know when you sat in that chair that we had uh we had two-sided tape there so you're stuck through at least the rest of this podcast oh that's great uh, and, and and if the way we and if the way we treat each other as any guide uh there's you're, you're gonna wish you hadn't sat down no thank you uh very much for all this i want to jump right into it because i've been following virtually and i have to say that although in all seriousness i wanted to be there and i planned to be there for the original dates then obviously everything changed and this is the world we live on, right? The two of you are there on stage, I'm virtual. I, I've seen a mix of of virtual and, and live presentations there over the past couple of days. Wanna jump into a few of the things that stuck out at me, get your reaction from both of you, and, uh, and, and then I'll listen to you if there's anything else I'm missing. Also take our usual listener questions. We'll do passengers behaving badly. We'll do a fine or whine. Those who listen to us regularly know what that is. The rest of you will find out soon. Let me jump into something that I know was discussed at the conference as well as beyond. Southwest Airlines showing up at, well, let me put it to you this way. Back in the global financial crisis, Southwest said there were three airports that it would never serve. Those airports were DFW, Miami, and O'Hare a month or two ago it crossed miami off the list among the airports that it would never ever serve now it has crossed o'hare off the list it's also going back into bush intercontinental uh fair to say uh, i don't want to put words in in the mouth of both of you but i don't think we would have seen this if not for a covid 19 am i right about that and, and other thoughts about this move, which I have to tell you, this one especially, I didn't see it coming.
3: The world changes, and they change. Remember, there's another airport they said they'd never go to. Colleen Barrett said, there ain't no way in hell we're going to Denver. She said, no, we're not going to Denver. That was when she was president of the company. You know, and, then, and she did say, but we are going to go to Colorado Springs. So that was 15 years ago. So things do change, and I, I, I like their program. I mean, why are we sticking to dogma? Because Herb Kelleher said something. We're not supposed to do it. I mean, what, what does that have to do with? He, he's dead? I don't know if you've noticed. So the point of the matter is um, it's a real simple thing. Goodbye, Herb. Hello, Kennedy. Goodbye, Herb. Hello, JFK, or rather, O'Hare. I think, I think it makes sense. Listen, right now, if you're in the northern collar counties where the money is around Chicago, you got to drive all the way down to Midway. This will collect passengers. So I think I think it does work. So things do change. And again, why be doctrinaire about this? This is the airline business. It never made any sense to start with. I think you're right,
2: Seth. That it's only that it is because of COVID. You know, when Ted Christie was here and was talking about Spirit's entrance into Orange County, he said that's an airport we've wanted to fly to for a while, but it's it's hard to get into. And because not a lot of people are flying, we have the opportunity to go there now. Yeah. So we're taking that opportunity. It's hard to get into O'Hare. It's it's hard to get into, maybe not as hard to get into Bush, but it's hard to get into O'Hare. When I was running Spirit, we tried, I even met with Mayor Rahm Emanuel when he was the mayor to talk about how could we get more gates there, right? But now when there's not a lot of people flying, they're gonna say, sure, in an airline like Southwest with its, with its gravitas, hometown. with its hometown, you know, and with its position at Midway, they're going to say, sure. And they're going to make room for them. So this is absolutely a time for them to expand, for them to move in. And interestingly that they picked two big United hubs, though.
1: It is interesting. And speaking of which, so the other one of those airports that they said they would never, ever serve, DFW, obviously a big American hub, will they ever go there? or Or is that just because DFW was just, and I know this is ancient history, but it was so much a part of the Southwest story, right? Everything they did was to, you know, avoid the right Amendment and all the rest of it. Is, is there something different about DFW or yeah, are all bets off?
3: It's called the law. They can't do it until 2025.
1: <laughs> That's and right. I
3: mean, they can break the law and go to jail if they'd like and have the airplane <laughs> booted, but no, they're not going to do that. But why wouldn't they? They're known, they're known in the Metroplex, and the growth in the Metroplex ain't Love Field. It's on the west side toward Weatherford and all that. And that's why I've always made the point that, no, Love Field is not the most desired airport in DFW, in the DFW Metroplex. It's not. DFW is. DFW is easy to use. DFW is easy to access. And therefore, you shouldn't be afraid of Love Field because they can't go nowhere. You, there isn't even... There isn't even any kind of transport to the place yet, and there probably won't be. Why don't they go to Meacham Field before before DFT? People have tried Meacham Field. It's a graveyard.
2: No one like Southwest has tried it though.
3: Nobody. No, <laughs> but you know, Mace has tried it. Other people have tried it. Who was the one back in the '80s who tried it? I can't think of the name of it. There were a bunch of fruitcake people from Braniff, <laughs> and they had YS-11s for crying out loud. YS-11s, and. They, they, at one point, they are showing their YS-11, and this one president, the president of the company, said, "Let's all go for a test ride." And they all got all oh, the media in it, and somebody said, "We don't need flight attendants." <laughs> I think that was the one that I, I think the day they started, they ran out of money. But no, Meacham Field isn't isn't that great either. But the fact is, you do and you, you do have DFW, which does have outstanding access to the entire metroplex.
1: You mentioned 2025 as the date when Southwest could potentially start serving. DFW, I want to ask you something else about 2025. There's all this talk about, you know, when are things going to get back to 2019 levels? Is it going to be in 2023 or 2024? Let's go beyond that. How will the airline industry look different permanently after the recovery because of this? We just mentioned a couple of things, right? Southwest, O'Hare, Miami, Bush, You know, maybe never would have happened. Change fees, right? Uh, can't imagine without this that uh, the change fees would have been gone on a lot of air, uh, airlines. What what else is just going to look different minute. forever? He said the word
3: permanent. A- Was he talking about the airline business? You've been in it. <laughs> um, what the hell is he talking about? I think about? he means the next six months. Oh, the next six months. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's like the old Fair day enough. with travel agents. I'll never book you again, either until you have a party with white zinfandel and shrimp. Or two weeks, whichever comes first. (laughs) How do we get off on that?
2: No, well, I mean, I don't know what you think, Seth. My my sense is that, I mean, the American Airlines spokeswoman did a great job, and she talked about how the cleaning they do is just going to stay. She mentioned that people may not be required to wear masks. Forever, but she expected that some people will choose to wear masks for a long time now, just because it is a little bit more safe. And I wouldn't be surprised if five years from now I get on a plane and some people are wearing masks. It won't look
3: as weird as before COVID to me. It looks weird. I mean, you're covering up. Well, some people covering up their face is a nice thing to do. But (laughs) uh, but overall, I mean, I I just don't. I I think this is going to die out. But but you're right. There will be some major changes. Fleets are going to be different. We've gone through that. Your cat is that Fred in the background?
1: That's Fred. that's Fred. That's Fred. That's your his cat, Fred. Fred. Yeah, Fred.
3: Yeah, that's Come nice. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, for
1: people who could see on the screen, this is there's a whole long story of well, let Mike it go. and um, Fred. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. We'll it, go back. But anyway, that it, is, it, is that's Fred.
3: Yeah, <laughs> future tennis racket. Anyway, <laughs> um, with with or without that, the fact of the fact of the matter is, the airline industry will be different. It will be cleaner. Yeah. And I think I think now it's it, you know they weren't exactly germ hits before. But now there's a whole new interest in that. And again, now we know that you know one little thing drops out of a lab in Wuhan and here we are. are, are. So this is going to set us up for the next one if it ever does happen. I also think there's going to be more technology to keep things
2: touchless for the long term. That's cheaper for airlines if you don't have to hire people to do things and you can have a machine do it. If you can have, if you can print your bag tag yourself, if you can have fewer ticket counters over time, even maybe board the plane with fewer people involved and I mean employees involved, airlines are gonna wanna do that for
3: efficiency as well too. And the current environment encourages them to think that way. The less contact you you have, the better. No, Sarah, every physical contact is an opportunity to really screw things up.
1: Yeah, and I know Ted Christie mentioned that that Spirit has customers asking for self-service technology. So That's different, right? I think it was something that people once felt was imposed upon them. Obviously, implications for airline labor, and I know union representatives there. It's been a little bit different, this crisis, uh, the, at least publicly. Unions have kind of appeared alongside airlines for asking for some of the same things, and I found that interesting. E- even airlines that, let's just say, haven't had famously great labor relations, you know, we've seen Americans' unions, for example, uh, supporting the airlines' position in terms of, of asking for aid. So. I've I've found that interesting. I want to take a moment to thank Hotel Connections, the global leader in crew logistics and accommodations. Hotel Connections is a Fortune 1000 company procures over 30 million rooms annually on behalf of clients for travel logistics, hotel, transport and technology solutions. Visit hotelconnections.com. Quick listener question. This is from John in Cincinnati. John's there. Hello, Seth and Ben on a recent podcast. Uh, listen, our comment, I should say, you pondered who was on those remaining transatlantic aircraft these days. Uh, parenthetically, I'll say yeah, we, we said, who, who's on those flights, right? Well, I recently flew, this is John speaking, to and from Amsterdam on Delta, could tell you who. We had fewer than 100 people outbound and another passenger and I were the only travelers terminating in the Netherlands, everybody else transferred. So that's interesting. You can see you kind of have these trunk routes, right? Uh, between the hubs on either side. Uh, less of the overflying the hubs than in the than in the past. That's me speaking there. Um, John says most passengers seem to be heading to India and the Middle East. Uh, by the way, TSA and CBP border protection uh, impressed, and he goes on to talk about some of the, well, the self-service technology basically found that it all worked very well, both uh, going through TSA to get out and coming back in at the uh, federal inspection uh station uh john says that was my first experience with the very latest uh, very impressive keep up the great podcast listening to you today live in cincinnati john thank you very much uh ben and mike sun country airlines this stuck out at me saying they were profitable in the third quarter uh look who Su- sun, sun country. country sun country oh
3: I Jude? The bricker said that. D- different story, though. They're not, you know.
1: <laughs> well, uh, well, that's well. That's, my, the right well, that's my question. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and, and here's my question: a different story, and, we, and I want to hear about that. And uh, my question is: is it replicable, uh, or is no. it just something about Sun Country? Okay. No way.
3: I mean, he got into the cargo business. Someone is carrying him, paying him a fixed price to carry somebody else's boxes. That's a hell of a deal to have. So no, He's not in the same business. So can American Airlines do that? No. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a very small thing. And keep in mind, you know, this is one carrier that doesn't have a, an, or a flashy order book. You know, they, they have the airplanes that are brought in for cargo, and they have, what, 30, 31 of their passenger airplanes. And, hey, they're in Fat City right now. That's because they have a different model. They're, they're in a different business than, than other airlines. So, no, it, it's not rep, – rep, can't be copied. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Allegiant doing rather well, too. Obviously, they haven't made that kind of a transformation, but we know the, the, the leisure recovery has been quicker than the corporate travel recovery. So while we see other airlines being nimble, as we talked about before, Southwest, uh, Allegiance is an airline that was kind of already in the space that's the, that's the better space to be in. Interesting, too, with this crisis, I think during past crises we've seen airlines kind of retreating to their strengths right retreating to their hubs for example doing less of what seems like one-off kind of things this one has been in some cases very much the opposite we heard united at the conference talking about uh fail fast and move on they called it uh that's interesting too and i mean maybe maybe not so surprising when you consider that a lot of the legacy airline business model a lot of what they depend on is just the same demand isn't there but has that Be honest, both of you, if I would have asked you back in April if we would see more of airlines overflying hubs and do all this sort of thing as opposed to retreating to their hubs, would you have expected that?
3: My opinion is, like I've said it a thousand times here, we've never been in a better position in terms of management at airlines today. I mean, you got people that, again, they're not doctrinaire about about things like I'll never fly to O'Hare. I mean, what we have is a situation, very bluntly, where they're doing what they need to do and they move very quickly. United with that point-to-point stuff to, to Florida, they're going after what Spirit's doing. They're not going after Spirit, or they're not going after Allegiant, but they're saying, hey, there's dollars here, I'll go after it. The same thing with Southwest. I, I, I think the O'Hare thing makes a lot of sense because it's new revenue.
2: Well, the, the, if I could sum up this conference in one word that I heard more than anything, it was nimble. Right. Everybody talked about wanting to be nimble. The evidence we've seen of nimbleness is United doing things like overflying up, saying, "Look, we've got the planes, we've got the people. If that's where people are going, we'll serve there." I thought Allegiant's presentation was really good, but one of the most impressive slides in their deck was the deck where they showed how much liquidity every other airline had to gain, had to add, adding to their debt loads, and they've added virtually no new money because yeah. they because felt they was... didn't need to because they could generate cash in their current environment that's that's, that's put pretty ahead. impressive big time bad it's it is yeah, gonna put them no, ahead. that's a really impressive for that yeah. model yeah.
1: and there too and we've talked about this before on the show but uh, a variable cost airline right other airlines have talked about trying to variableize their cost bases you know basically je- usually it's largely a fixed cost industry you've got all these big expensive airplanes might as well fly them Allegiant has always been in, in the business. There are a couple others around the world jet 2 uh, In the UK for example, but you know their schedules have always just varied Widely just based on demand right and and uh, what a concept right for, uh, Match supply <laughs> with demand, but it's tough sometimes to do in, in the airline industry want to get on to passengers behaving badly uh, This for those who don't listen regularly self-explanatory uh, This out of Provo, Utah, a man who refused to wear a mask on a flight bound there on Allegiant from Mesa down near Phoenix Uh, Got into a fight with another man seems the Man who was you know the, 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 The alleged culprit was wearing a face shield But not a mask and Allegiant said no, that's not you're welcome to wear a shield in addition to a mask, but a mask is the policy, so uh, instead of saying, okay, that, that that's sensible, he uh, got into a fight, a woman recorded the fight, there's uh, quite a video online full of language that, um, that's not suitable around a family uh, dinner table, but just amazing that all these months later, I can imagine the first day of it, you know, but d- don't you know now when you get on a plane that-, that, that A lot of these people you-
3: don't fly. Yeah. I mean, Have you looked at some of the lines? They're still carrying hard-sided Samsonites. This isn't exactly the most erudite travelers. You know, I want to cover my mouth. You know, I got all that work done in my teeth. You know, I mean, it's... So, so when we
1: talk about reinventing the wheel, some of these people actually need the wheel invented in the first place for their, they had for their a, luggage. They, they
3: don't know what a flight is. The last, last thing was, a, you know, a, a bus liner on Greyhound. <laughs>
2: But if you're smart Um, enough to book yourself a ticket online, and I realize that doesn't take a lot. But if you're smart enough to do that, you'd have to almost have your head buried in the sand to not know an airline passenger. That's the definition. (laughs) Maybe that's the case, Mike.
1: And if there's anybody in the room who has a question, and and we know it's uh, we want to keep things moving here, but uh, get ready for it. Want to quickly thank uh, Clear Travel with confidence with Clear, touchless, fast, safer airport travel. Clear's touchless identity verification is available in 34 airports nationwide, moving you quickly and without crowds through airport security. Enroll today at www.clearme.com airlines. Airbus mentioned earlier today that uh, according to their research, they said social distancing on airplanes happens at one foot. They said, forget six feet, They said at one foot because of the way air moves on airplanes, Ben, you and I have talked about this before on the podcast, Uh, you know, air air flows vertically kind of from top to bottom. So the usual things about moving aside maybe don't matter as much. I'm not a a, a scientist or an engineer. I'm in no position to uh, corroborate that independently. But I, I guess the question is, does it matter whether or not Airbus is right, or is it just a question of the flying public, what they believe, and that's just what it's going to take to get, to get past this until there's a vaccine?
3: I think, I think it doesn't matter what the public believes. They might believe it 100%. But we've gone through this before. When they arrive at the destination, they're not sure if the restaurant's going to be open. They're not sure if there's going to be a quarantine. They're just not sure if it's, it's the destination It's the issue. I don't think yeah. it's the airplane at all. I mean, you know, that, that, the, the, the bit about it it's just like a hospital room. No, it's not. The hospital room, you know there's at least one sick person in the room. You know that for sure. But on the airplane, not likely. No well, one's had an appendectomy in 13A.
2: Well, the United, <laughs> the, the United people who spoke um, said something really interesting. They said that they felt that the, the comfort of being on the airplane is a past issue. People are comfortable with being on airplanes now, and it is just what you said, Mike. It's all about where can they go and what is the destination. I'm not sure I agree with them completely. I think there's people who are still nervous about being on an airplane. The industry, I think, can do more to help make those people feel more comfortable. I think conferences like this, I think those of us who are willing to get on airplanes and travel, talking to friends, relatives, you know, getting out that message every way that being on a plane is safe is a real important thing for the industry to do.
1: Well, one exactly. thing I can't do from here is see whether there's anybody in the room waving their hand. So you stop me if there's anybody who wants to, uh, to to stop us for a quick question. Want to ask you? Well, you know what? Let's do this. Let's first. While while you do that, let me quickly uh, thank Seabury Capital Group, a specialty finance and investment banking firm boasting a 25-year track record of advising key clients in aviation, aerospace, and defense, maritime, and financial services and technologies award-winning and uh, widely respected team they have as uh, superior industry knowledge, along with state-of-the-art analysis, technology and solutions, seaburycapital.com, S-E-A-B-U-R-Y capital.com. Also want to thank Chris Sloan and the Archive. If you're looking for, oh, I don't know, the Boeing 747 launch brochure. Uh, This is a (laughs) WebZM of commercial (laughs) aviation. I believe Chris is at the conference, either virtually or there virtually maybe, uh, largest collection of AvGeek memorabilia, but it's not just another plane spotting website. Archive.net, that's A-I-R-C-H-I-V-E, like archive, but archive, get it? Uh, so before I move on to Fine or wine, you guys tell me, is there anybody waving their hands? Uh, I know we're short on time anyway, so it's fine if they're not, I just don't want to miss anybody. Fine maybe or any- Whine?
3: Open to the floor here, anybody have any comments or points to make? Here we go, we have a question. Greg Phillips.
1: Oh no, we we're not going to take a question from him. Didn't I, we, 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 did oh, I say good. anybody well, except Greg? Yeah,
3: well, it. never Sorry. mind then.
1: <laughs> no. it's West Point. You take it,
3: <laughs> Greg Phillips, Colorado Springs. So uh, one thing I haven't heard at the conference today is um, as the airlines strive to be more nimble, what are we going to see from the regional carriers in at risk versus or CP, more CPA flying? Do you think there'll be more of that, less of that? I mean, what impact uh, are we going to see there?
1: And and let me just quickly for for anybody listening, we have a wide variety of listeners, people from uh, people who know exactly what Greg is talking about to people who know a lot of other things, let's say operationally about the industry, but not as much about the the revenue model. But uh, Greg is asking about when you look at regional airlines, is it a, well, what we often call regional airlines anyway, is it Delta United or American paying them to fly on their behalf or is it one of those airlines, Republic SkyWest, somebody else saying, hey, I think there's a market opportunity here. I'm going to fly in there and, and sell the airline tickets or it could be some other airline doing that. I think
3: there's very limited places they can do it, number one, where it makes any sense. You know, I mean, SkyWest has done it here and there, like I, like Midland to, to Denver, they've done it there. But overall, it's usually one of those things that If as long as United will let you do it, they might get some business. But overall, I don't see that growing up, Greg, as it, becoming anything only because... Those airplanes are getting old, they're not gonna retire, they're not gonna retire them.
2: I think that's right. You know, Greg, the, the I think there's pluses and minuses. The plus is that they it's lower cost for them to fly. Okay. So the big airline might say, I want you to fly North, it because I can, um, you know, generate some cash North. more if I do, if I let you do it. The other thing is it's most of the, all their flying is domestic. And as we've heard for the last couple of days, the domestic market is recovering faster than the international market. Against that, though, the big airline, the Delta, the American United, that's them to fly has to want them to do it and has to be willing to sell the tickets on them. That may have union implications when they've got people not working or are looking at furloughs to let all those airlines fly. So net-net, I think there's going to be less flying for the regionals right now because on balance, I don't think it works as well for them.
1: And, and is it just as simple as this, is it as simple as most of the best opportunities for that kind of flying, American, United, and Delta are going to identify them and 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 pay somebody to do it for them. I mean, is that is that kind of that, that you're just kind of walking a really thin line when you're trying to find oh, something true. that they haven't noticed? But but that's a huge opportunity.
3: Okay, uh, one thing here we, we got to wrap this up. Sure. We have one quick question, if we can do this without going into a filibuster. Let me <laughs> from any from anybody here. The question is, it came up the other day. What about? Breeze. What is your a quick opinion on Breeze, Mr. Baldanza? You know, if you looked at the JetBlue
2: business plan, and then you look at JetBlue today, it doesn't look a lot like the original business plan. Right. So I look at David Nealman's business plan, and I think, you know, I'm not sure that you can make you can ju- you can justify expensive new airplanes with all alternative airports, but I'm not sure that's what he's going to end up doing with them either. Right. And if you had bet if if through your life you had bet against David Nealman, you would you wouldn't have done too well. No, so no, I would so I would say that they're going to they're going to launch they're going to launch later than they would have liked, and they'll figure out how to make it successful. That's my sense on brief.
3: Yeah, I, I, like I said the other day, you don't second guess. We mere mortals do not need to second-guess David (laughs) Neal That's right. I mean, he's just an incredible guy. But I think we need to wrap this if we can, sir.
1: Sure. So we'll hold finder wine for now. You're not going to get to hear about the lady complaining about the Allegiant pilot because the turbulence was his fault. We'll have to hold that for the next show. It's always the pilot's fault.
3: <laughs> we got pilot unions here. They're gonna back me up on that one. It's always the pilot's fault.
1: Well, we had three pilots always. at the so,
3: conference and well, they were good guys.
2: They well, we were good guys, <laughs> but they're responsible for the turbulence. So we gotta do that. Well, I
1: mean, Absolutely. So we'll get to that. Actually, so I'll wrap the show here and then I'll let you wrap the, uh, the conference. Uh, we are on final approach here. This is Airlines Confidential. Hey, if you have questions for us, you can call us, anybody in the room or listening uh, in the usual places. 305-379-7429 or jump on our website airlinesconfidential.com In the Airlines Confidential studios, I'm Seth Kaplan. And
2: I'm Ben Balanza. We'll see you next week. We'll see you and Fred later, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody.
0: The Airlines Confidential podcast is now available on Apple, Google, iHeart, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Pandora, Spotify, Tune in, and many more. Use your favorite podcasting app with just one click at airlinesconfidential.com. This podcast is produced by Mass Media. Info at massmedia.net.